Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. NFL preseason is in full swing, and the Ringer NFL show is now airing four shows each week, covering the latest news stories, training camp updates, fantasy football advice, and more. On the site, Robert Mays, Kevin Clark, and Danny Kelly offer up their insight on the 2019 season as we inch closer to kickoff. You can read their pieces on TheRinger.com, and you can listen and subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, 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 Ringer FC. This is Donnie Kwok. I'm joined by Micah Peters. What up, what up, Miles what up? Surrey. Miles and Micah. We know who the designated penalty taker is, don't we? Wow. Um, I'm, take, I'm taking the ball and putting it on the spot so everyone back up off me. <laughs> hey, be- before we jump into this episode, let's quickly review the table of the Prem Points Pool. Two matches in, of course, in our last episode, we had our very eventful and fun draft. Let's look at the leaderboard. In first place, who is it? It's Donnie Kwok, 13 total points. Second, Miles with 12. In third place, in a tie, Shocker and Connor with 11 points each. And at the bottom, it's you, Micah. Micah Peters, six points only. Okay, fine, whatever. The Aston Villa Newcastle <laughs> thing is kind of getting to me a little bit. <laughs> the it's Newcastle fine. is the anchor that's going to keep you at the bottom of the like, ocean, fam. It was... It's hard to know exactly what you're going to get when you have Rafa Benitez leaving your team and Steve Bruce stepping in. <laughs> um, what you've got is two relegated teams, Aston Villa and Newcastle. That sucks for you, man. You hate to see that. Well, I think the fact that like my biggest question mark is Chelsea means I'm doing pretty well. Miles, remind us your team again. It's Manchester United, Chelsea. And uh, Bournemouth and Norwich. Solid, solid. Yeah, I got, I got Pookie on my side. Yeah, we're going to double-click on the Canaries and Pookie in a second. First of all, let me set the table for this show. It's a new season of FC. We have a new format. We're going to start with the top five stories of the weekend from all around Europe and the world, including MLS. We'll have our soundbite of the week. After that, we're going to have our main debate topic. This time it's about the Premier League. And then finally, a new segment we like to call, coining this from Micah's catchphrase of the year, you hate to see that. Michael, you might have to say it. Michael, I'm just, just like, yo, listen, we're not, I'm not taking ownership of that. Um, does, does I, Barstool I did not own come it now? up with it. And no, <laughs> the thing is that there. like also, no, listen, don't start with me, man. Dave I did, like, Portnoy owns, owns it now. These memes for everybody. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you're on the internet, eventually you will either die a hero or live long enough to see Barstool, like, you know, <laughs> use your shit. Wait, what was the context of that video? Were you playing pickup with like some coworkers? Yeah, we were play- we were playing pickup, and like the New Orleans Pelicans had just got number one in the draft lottery, and so that meant that we were getting Zion Williamson. So I was on cloud nine, and like, and it was a good day, and the shots were going in. And hey, I mean, here I thought it was like in the immediate aftermath of you dunking on somebody, which would have been a much flyer story. It was a step back jumper. Shut up. <laughs> Anyway, we'll get to that in a second. It's a segment that will quickly take over the nation. But first, let's kick off. All right, top five stories of the weekend. I rank them in descending order from five to one, and my panel here will chime in and comment. So first, number five, all the title holders around Europe drop points this weekend, including PSG, Manchester City, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, all failed to win over the same weekend for the first time since when? April 2014, to quickly go over the results. Barca lost to Bilbao 1-0. They didn't have Messi on Friday. Bayern drew 2-2. They had to come back to draw 2-2 with Hertha Berlin. City drew with Spurs 1-1 on Saturday. We'll talk about that more in a second. And PSG freaking lost to Ren 2-1 on Sunday. Thoughts, guys? PSG are kind of in that weird spot where your your main talisman is training away from the club. You have no idea how the shape of the team will look uh, in the coming months. And, I mean, like, you'd expect PSG to be able to dispatch them, but they've kind of been a trap game for them, I mean, like, at least in recent history. So, yeah, things not looking great at PSG, but also not looking that bad. I, th- I still think that they'll, you know, like, right the ship and eventually win Liga. Who's going to take that away from them, to be honest? Yeah, and I think... 
when it comes to Barca, obviously, it was a bit of a fluky bicycle kick goal. We'll talk about that a bit fluky? later. Fluky? But... How dare you? How <laughs> that guy is 38 years you? old. <laughs> How dare you? Wow, Miles talk said about simply Abu because like he's that. 38 years old, it makes it a uh, fluke. Sorry, Daddy. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, they didn't have Messi. Um, Suarez and Debelli are both injured. Um, Malcolm and Coutinho at other clubs. So that pretty much the only fit first team forward was Griezmann. And I mean, that sucks for week one, but that's not going to be the case all season. So I'm sure they'll be able to right the ship. But yeah, I feel like PSG, obviously, it's tough on them, but they'll be fine. Uh, Bayern, I feel like, Bayern might and PSG have the toughest. Bayern yeah. kind of also suffering like a similar like hangover from last season. I mean, Bayern were as low as sixth in the table uh, last season, if you remember, and like only yep. finished on the final day of the season two points clear. Um, so with Dortmund winning their open game five to one and, and Bayern, you know, drawing theirs, it's kind of, it's not really so much that Bayern look bad so much as they look vulnerable. Um, Sidebar, uh, Leipzig won their first match 4-0 against the other team in Berlin, FC Union Berlin. First ever match in the Bundesliga after 53 years of existence, which is a cool story. They're like an anti-establishment club through the years. I don't know if you saw the highlights of this game, but like the stadium looks crazy. It's like it's like a 20,000-seater, but they only have like 3,000 seats. So basically, huh. everybody... It looks kind of like the it's Dortmund Stadium, like but the, miniature. Oh, yeah. I was So it's kind of like a vibe like FC United of Manchester that formed after like the Glazers took ownership and like... Something like that, but with a longer... Something like that with a longer history. history. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you, Mike, as a FIFA player, between PSG, Manchester City, Bayern, and Barcelona, what is the cheesiest team for someone to pick? Barcelona. Easily. Over PSG. Over PSG, the cheesiest, the cheesiest team to pick is still Barcelona. Really? That's interesting. I always feel like City and PSG are cheesy because they're, they're clubs with very little history. I mean, with history, but little storied history. And they just kind of came up with the oil money and then became famous. I don't really know uh, how I don't I don't I don't really know how I feel about the story <laughs> history thing. I like I mean the thing is that like it is. I mean, it's that's a um, lot of thought going into FIFA. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's nah, a lot FIFA, of thought going into FIFA, FIFA etiquette. You know when you go online and you play someone, you know you judge them based on what team they chose. So I was just curious. I was kind of out of left field. You mentioned Coutinho. He's now to Bayern Munich on a loan. Is it? Yeah, uh, and I think the option to buy is like 120 euros. Yeah, 120, 120 million euros. euros. Uh, yeah. Loan, loan move, option to buy for 120 euros. And he's kind of, it's kind of the exact same deal that Byron struck for uh, James Rodriguez, which only sort of panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like they need Coutinho to immediately come in, having not spent preseason with the team or played in their first game of the season and immediately be a playmaker and a leader. <laughs> Which uh, the number we'll 10. see how that's gonna pan out. But he was really it was a tough time at uh at Barcelona just because they kind of bought him with the intent for him to fill the hole that Andres Iniesta left, and that was just never gonna work. And then when Ernesto Valverde changed the system to like a four three three, then he was just playing at this left wide, like the wide out left winger in the in the front three, basically, which is like where he had a lot of success at Liverpool. But then it's just kind of like Messi does everything that Coutinho likes to do in that position, like a lot better. So, and so did Dembele. So it was just kind of like an erosion of confidence to the point where now it's really a crapshoot how it'll turn out at Bayern. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they maybe switch it up and try to, since he's, he's taken the 10 jersey from Robin, but I wonder if they'll actually play him as a 10 a bit. Mix it up a little, see what he's like as an attacking mid. Because um, I'm not sure if it was just like, yeah, like the situation at Barca where it's like, I'm basically an inferior version of Messi on the other side of the field. But like, uh, yeah, maybe a change of scenery will do him some good. It sucks for Griezmann because when he went to Barca, he had to take 17 because Coutinho had seven. And now it's too late for him to switch to seven. Whatever will he do? <laughs> That's going to hang over him the entire season. All right, <laughs> two other quick. Go I was going to say that maybe you could just do the Nicholas Bentner, Bentner and like, you know, pay or Paul George also did this. It's just like pay of like a like a lump sum so everybody can return their jerseys and get new ones with your new number on them. Oh, yeah. Michael Nylander just did that. In, yeah. uh, or William Nylander. Sorry. Just did that in the NHL. All right. 
two other quick moves, not big moves, but names that we know and love. Balotelli, Mario Balotelli is back to his hometown club, the newly promoted Brescia. Daniel Sturridge thought he was going to MLS, possibly. He's going actually to Turkey. Trabzonspor. Choose them for FIFA. I really hope that they find what they're looking for. <laughs> you cowards. All right, number four on our top story list. Mentioned it at the top. Yesterday's uh, 1-1 draw, Manchester United and Wolves. Penalty gate. Pogba, Rashford. Micah, set the scene for us. Does this need to be a gate? Okay, like this is, okay, this is what happened. There was uh, late in the game with uh, Manchester United's Ultimate 1-1 draw with uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Pogba kind of danced into the box, won a PK, and then there was a conversation between between him and Marcus Rashford over who was going to take it, just like there was during the Chelsea game. Um, and, you know, like uh, Pogba ended up taking it. Uh, it was a very business-like approach. Didn't do his, his wonky run-up, and it was saved. Rui Patricio did his job. It was actually a well-taken penalty. But it was a little straight. It, it was a little straight, but he at least he went for power. It didn't work out. And then there was just Gary Neville and um, Jamie Carragher were turning it into this giant leadership controversy about like Manchester United has no leaders and all this <laughs> other stuff and like why is there why is there a penalty controversy and it wasn't really like I mean like if you look at the conversations that the two of them are having they're very cordial it's not yeah, like can, can we have a just a little bit of context here which is that the, the penalty that you mentioned in the previous week in the United Chelsea match Rashford calmly nailed it yeah. as he has been doing since I mean, last there season, was that the PSG the, penalty the comes PSG to mind. PSG penalty also, um, and Pogba Meanwhile, has missed four in the in the last calendar year. Which I mean, like the the really it is it yeah, and it's as simple as Rashford should be taking all the PKs, not like this is a referendum on Pogba as a player and Manchester United as a club again. Yeah, and Solskjaer as a manager. But Micah, yeah. do you feel like? This is just another opportunity for people to rail on Pogba or question Ole. I mean, is it are, are people making too much? Well, of I mean, like absolutely, because I mean, there was so much after the miss penalty, so much racial abuse that uh, like Harry Maguire came out and was just kind of like you know, well, you know, appealing to Twitter support, like y'all motherfuckers got to do something about this. Like, there's it, it was a big. It was it was blown out of proportion. It was not a good thing that happened, but it was definitely not as big a deal as it was made out to be. I don't get the racial abusers. I mean, obviously, I don't get racial abuse in general, <laughs> but it's like say. Marcus Rashford is also black. So, I mean, <laughs> what are they, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was the same thing with Tammy Abraham missing a penalty at the Super Cup. It's just an easy target. And yeah, exactly. There's some shitty fans out there, yeah. regardless. All right, of so outside of the racial abuse, Miles, okay. do you think that having two penalty takers is problematic. Well, I mean, it, it should just be a simple thing of like, if Rashford's not in the pitch and there's a penalty situation and Pogba's there, like, sure, he can be like the second guy. Like uh, last season, if Hazard wasn't on the pitch, Jorginho was the dude. Um, obviously, Rashford should be taking the penalties. He's got a 100% success rate uh, for United and the English team. Uh, it's pretty good numbers. Uh, no reason to change it. I, you know, I again, yeah, it's just... Like, it's just giving pundits something to think about where it's like, let's have this one, like, very cordial conversation between two United players turning into, like, a, there's there's a lack of leadership here. It's not like last season when uh, Mitrovic was going to take a penalty for Fulham and Kamara was like, no, I'm taking the ball, and then he missed. Well, Spurs had that thing a couple years ago with Sonny and Eric Lamella oh, yeah, arguing yeah. about it, too. I think Sonny was on a hat trick. Yeah, like, this was wasn't why. even an argument. It was like a cordial, like, all right, dude, you could... You could take the yeah, I don't think it's so much, I mean, in their defense, in the pundits' defense, it's not so much about the argument aspect. It's more the fact that there's no clear taker and how it can't be whoever's closest to the ball or whoever feels like it. Or whoever wins the penalty. I mean, yeah. like, it is, that is true. Like, there's some, there's there's substance to it. I'm not saying that there isn't. Um, yeah, but I mean, and Carragher was saying... It, it's not the same thing as uh, Unai Emery at PSG having to deal with Neymar and Edinson Cavani, like literally not talking to each other in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> well, Carragher was saying that it because Pogba is older, has more money, more Instagram followers, more influence, likely in the dressing room, has you know won a World Cup. 
it should be he should be the greater man and person and say Rashford it's on you because Rashford's not gonna you know he doesn't he's like still what 20 21 years old I don't know if he's gonna enforce or or you know like say I have to take it you know whereas Pogba I think has more of that gravity and, and probably could do that and, and I think that's basically what he did yesterday although it, it didn't look like an argument I don't think it was you know he was just like I got this and Marcus couldn't say anything yeah. Anyway, let's move on. I told Micah yesterday that I hope United get a penalty in every game for the rest of the season so we have to see this drama <laughs> Again, unfold. and I will say to you what I said last night, which is like, why the fuck would you wish that on anyone? That So they could die of boredom? That's just, It's not boring. It's hilarious. It's like, it's a mystery. It is like, now. Spin, spin the wheel. Who's Imagine if it? we had to, to talk about this on every <laughs> one of these episodes. You would also... I really hope, it, especially next week, if United get a penalty, if Pogba takes it and misses it, it's going to be some... Wow. All right, let's move on. MLS. We always talk about MLS. Joseph Martinez, the Venezuelan, can't stop scoring. 11 straight matches he scored for Atlanta United. That's a new record. He now has 21 goals. Three behind Carlos Vela of LF- LAFC, one ahead of Zlatan. He also just did a post-game interview in English, which I heard was the first time or I saw on Twitter. Uh, can't stop scoring. Do you think someone in Europe's going to want to snag him? <laughs> I don't know. Almiron's not doing him any favors by yeah. being so shitty yeah. for Newcastle. But, I mean, you know. Hold strikers. on. Did he score that 11th straight goal? Was that on his PK with the, with the wonky run-up where it's just kind of like— Nah, he scored his 11th. I think that was from open play. Okay. But anyway, like, you know, fast strikers with an, that are clinical, I mean, you would imagine that they're in demand in, in Europe. So, fuck. Team Pookie-esque. I'll tell you two teams yes. who could use them. Newcastle's one. Aston is another. Newcastle need a lot of things right now. <laughs> um, Atlanta United are in first place in the Eastern Conference. LAFC is first in the West. Mike, have you been to any LA- LAFC games this season? I have not been to any LAFC games this season. For shame. For shame. Miles, did you, your hometown, D.C. United, our hometown, D.C. United, yes. did you see that Wayne Rooney was... <laughs> Wayne Rooney tweeted this. Uh... After a match in which he vociferously barked in a referee's face upon being substituted, afterwards, he was still feeling salty. He said, he tweeted, looking forward to a 12-hour travel day, which could be done in six. But hey, this is MLS. (laughs) I I guess when you're used to traveling across a country that's smaller than the state of California, you're going to get annoyed at travel times for the MLS. The only way that tweet could have been better if he did, this is at MLS. (laughs) I am actually curious, though, what their travel arrangements are like, because... Um, that game was in Vancouver, I bet, right? Yeah. So I, Yeah, it was. Um they but have to transfer? Well, I, I used to, um, you know, I used to intern at DC United one summer, and I, I think, you know, just with MLS in general, it's just obviously not as glamorous as, like, a... Imagine an Wayne Rooney having to get off a flight in like Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, getting out of coach. <laughs> <laughs> Sit for three hours at the Panda Express. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, so the, the MLS season ends on October 6th. We'll be keeping up with it. All right, story number two. Could be number one, uh, but number two. The U.S. women's soccer team lawsuit. It's going to trial. Uh, they set a date. The mediation broke down. Uh, between the USWNT and the U.S. Soccer Federation. By the way, you should read our coverage. Julie Kligman wrote a follow-up to her story before the Women's World Cup uh, a couple weeks ago. Check it out on theringer.com. Great website. Anyway, the mediation broke down between the USWNT and the Soccer Federation. They're going to go to trial in in the gender discrimination lawsuit on May the 5th. 2020, which is actually just 11 weeks before the start of the Tokyo Olympics, which could complicate things. What do you guys think? Pay these champions. Uh yeah, I mean like pay the champions. I mean like there's been the 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 open letter from uh, Cordero talking about the revenue sharing model that is kind of like gamed numbers uh, that the U.S. men's national team was also not impressed with. So uh, I <laughs> echo the team spokesperson. I eagerly look forward to a jury trial. Yeah, I don't know if I should mention this, but fuck it, I'm going to mention it. Like. We got a little bit of pushback from the U.S. Soccer Federation after the publication of the aforementioned story. Um, it's interesting how, you know, obviously pay them is the man- mantra and it's easy to, you know, root for that. But I feel like why do you think the Federation are digging their heels in so deeply when they've so lost the court of public opinion? Do you think that in this trial there's a chance for them using the numbers uh, or w- whatever case that 
they have to win and what what will that mean for U.S. soccer? And will, like, would the women boycott the Olympics? I mean, I mean, any situation where the federation somehow comes out, quote, quote unquote, like victorious is is just going to be terrible PR for them. I mean, like the the longer that like unless they find a resolution before going to trial, like the longer this. Well, they're not because they're going to trial. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, although I was, I was reading the Times piece and it said there's still time for them to find a resolution. Oh, there is. There is. OK, so. I didn't see that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just like the longer this goes on, you know, it's just awful PR for for just the U.S. Federation in general. So, I mean, what what's the issue here? I mean, I guess they're just convinced that they're right. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the number one story. I hate to do it, but it's V-A-R, my lord. V-A-R, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that? No, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. continue. <laughs> You don't like the Dilset tones of... All right. Anyway, VAR. You know, we talked about it all heading into the season, how VAR was going to change the Premier League. And we saw it some in the first week, but it was really the Man City-Tottenham match since that was the marquee matchup of the weekend. It ended unfavorably for Man City and for a lot of neutrals. Uh, Gabriel Jesus' goal was uh, ruled... Not a goal because the ball glanced off of Laporte's elbow, I guess, uh, before Jesus scored. So for the second time in a year, Man City were robbed of a victory, you might say, uh, against Tottenham. What did you guys make of it? And what do you guys make of all the, I guess, complaints about VAR and and how it's ruining the game? I'll start with you, Miles. Um. I, I mean, I just, I think it's too early to sort of have a unifying consensus, if that makes sense. Like, especially since the perception of VAR is going to be subject to we- weekly debates, depending on like the specifics of an overturn goal or whatever the situation is. And obviously, like how you support a team, it's going to affect the decision. Obviously, like a Spurs fan, it's going to feel very pro VAR after this weekend. And then, you, uh, you know, uh, neutrals who just don't like seeing City win. Um, I think, I mean, VR is here to stay at least for this season. So I think the biggest thing is just ensuring that it doesn't like disrupt the flow of the match. Like I feel like with the, the city game in particular, it just felt like it sort of killed everything when it was like, uh, like a kind of an unnecessarily long decision for like what should be. How about after the Neves goal? Uh, for, oh for yeah. Wolves that too. too. Cause it was like a goal and then it was just like everything stopped. That, oh. that would have sucked too. Cause it was just such a. Well, it was such a tasty goal. finish. Yeah. yeah. So, so Micah, like the the three main arguments I'm seeing uh, regarding VAR on both sides. Okay, one, there's people that argue every call for VAR, every call VAR call so far in, in the first two weeks has been right. So, f- fairness is winning, justice is winning, despite you know the ends justifying the means. Essentially, the other argument is blame the rules, not VAR, because like. The handball rules are kind of archaic. The offsides rules could probably be tweaked. And VAR is just implementing rules that are kind of um, faulty. And then the third argument is is what Micah just, uh, Miles just said, sorry, which is it's ruining the flow of the game. People don't know how to celebrate goals. It kind of, you know, the fans don't know what's going on. So, all right, I'll just, do, I'll answer this anecdotally like I do everything else. The At the beginning of uh, the, the Tottenham City game, there was... I can't remember exactly when, but there was a penalty shout. Mike Oliver uh, basically— Yeah, it was you know, Lamella the, tackling Rodri. Exactly. It was Lamella tackling Rodri, uh, and that was a penalty shout. And there was like—it was one of those things that should be reviewable, you know? And like Michael Oliver touched his ear, waved it off, uh, and they kept playing. And in the commentary box, Lee Dixon was talking about how heartening that is, is that like it's still kind of up to the interpretation of the referee. Like— but once it goes like in one of those situations, like Gabriel Jesus scoring that goal and the ball going go, ball going off of Laporte's arm, it's kind of becomes extremely dispassionate, and it's kind of difficult to tell whether or not something that's happening, however fair, is exactly like strictly speaking in the spirit of the game, because there's nothing more cathartic than a late like a last minute goal like there's nothing like it in sports to me anyway yeah Yeah. and having one of those situations where it could potentially come back like the same deal with like Ruben Neves scoring that sit like the 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 beautiful curl goal that he scored against United uh the other day 
and not being able to just wheel away in celebration. Well, he did you know? wheel away in celebration. He just had to yeah, stop. It's, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's an uneasy negotiation between uh, whether or not something is strictly speaking fair and whether or not something is strictly speaking soccer. Let me ask you this, Miles. Uh, Do you oh, think right. British people are more, in general, predisposed to be anti-VAR compared to Americans because as American sports viewers, we've been kind of inured to instant replay and overturns and reviews and delays um, in across yeah, major American sports. I mean, that's an interesting question because, you know, I feel like, for example, like if you're a European who's a tennis fan, you, you watch Wimbledon every year, like oh, you're already used to like challenges Hawkeye. by players and yeah, Hawkeye, stuff like that, which I think again, like for that specifically is also good for that sport because it's like, you know, the players dictate whether they want to challenge or not. Yeah, uh, but that's also obviously like, that's, different. Th- that's more like goal line technology because yes. it's strictly objective. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, but the other thing is, you know, the Premier League was also one of the later leagues to implement VR, like it was being used in the Champions League last year, for right. example. So, no, I think, uh, you know, like like any big, like, implementations, it m- just needs some time to gel. And I think, uh, I mean, <laughs> the VAR discourse is already a bit tiresome, yep. but uh, hopefully we'll sort of have a better idea of what it's like at the end of the season yeah, and I'm like, what can Miles. be improved. I'm with Miles, Micah. It's just like wait and see, and people are just overreacting now. Or people are just going you know like well yeah i mean like every, every, anything yeah. that is the that happened most recently is the most important thing and yeah. mm-hmm. when it's complicated by you can't really be impartial about your appraisal of it unless you're a fan of no team right <laughs> so recency bias yeah. we're all victim to it and that's actually a great segue to our soundbite of the week hanley was up there this is Pook- The new season's really up and running now at Carrow Road. Two games in, two Premier League goals already for Timo Pukki. That, of course, was the BBC goal call for Timo Pukki of Norwich City's beautiful volleyed goal. It was the first of three goals he scored in Norwich City's 3-0 victory over Newcastle. 3-1. That's right, John uh, Joe Shelby scored at the end. Premier League top goal scorer, Timu Puki. Please say Golden the whole thing. boot contender. Oh, yeah. Miles, I know you want to go off on Puki, so <laughs> go for it. Um, yeah, no, Timu Puki for golden boot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, can I say uh, one thing real quick? Does yeah. Timu Puki kind of look like a Scandinavian Lucas Mora? Uh, <laughs> what? A little bit. Don't disrespect Timu Puki like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's harsh. Um, well, obviously, like, you know, he's not going to be notching hat tricks against bottom feeders every single week but um i mean he's like the head of the snake for that norwich attack he scored almost 30 goals last season in the championship so he did win the golden boot in the championship yeah and um so i'd say honestly like 50 plus even maybe 20 is not entirely out of the question because i i do think and obviously i my, my, i picked them in my points pool <laughs> but uh i i do think you know norwich you know they're gonna beat up some some like the new castles of the league and i think even if they're hovering around the relegation zone, I mean that's like that's the guy creating most of their chances, taking most of their shots. So he's he's gonna he's gonna score a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of like there's it four four one at Anfield can happen to just about any other top six side besides City. Um, and so it's not like their first real test was this past weekend. They can in the the relegation scrap, they just got to be faster than the person next to them, not necessarily faster than the bear. <laughs> so having having a, like a very like a quality goal scorer like Pookie is going to be helpful down the road. Now, 50? I don't know. 50 goals? Oh, I said 15. Oh, you said 50. Oh, that's, that, <laughs> said that's 50? why you were snickering in like, the background. 50? What? <laughs> can I, can I in you guys? all, com- like, what What other competitions would they be in? Where are these I've 50 got, like, goals a, coming a from? Pookie, a Pookie chest tattoo now? Like, I'm all in. <laughs> can I give you guys a couple facts on Pookie? Please. Sure. He's from Finland. He's <laughs> Thank tw- you. He's 29 years old, married with child. His Instagram is at wait, also Puki do you know what that means in Finnish goal scorer male goat actually wow crazy wow. right wow. he is his, a goat his Instagram wow. account is at lpugi p-u-g-i 
Guess how many followers he has on Instagram. First of all, he doesn't even have a blue check. Mm. I, I imagine that's going to change in the next couple of weeks. I'm yeah. going to say 978 followers. I'm going to say... <laughs> <laughs> What's the population of Finland? Uh, it's probably like, I don't know, 15 million. I have no idea. Uh... All right, probably not that many. What's he at? He has 81,000 followers. Okay. Which, wow, crazy. Which, just for reference, Joe Willick has 223,000 followers. So everyone who's listening, please follow El Pugi at El Pugi, which is Temu Puki. Because Temu Puki also, did you guys know, <laughs> we're going to hear it for a second, a song. This is a song that, I guess when he was in Schalke or in Germany, the, the supporters made a song for him and we're going to hear it now. I personally prefer the, the the song from well the spoken word poem from this one episode of the Boondocks where Huey's friend from Chicago comes to visit and he's just like death kills us like crack kill Pookie like switch it to kill Tookie Chewbacca was a Wookie revolution nice are we pivoting to Pookie FC <laughs> <laughs> we are pivoting to Pookie FC I was telling you guys before I can't think of Pookie without thinking of Chris Rock and a crack pipe in New Jack City but. Anyway, what do you think of the Pookie song, Miles? Banger. It sounds kind of like a Japanese something. I could I could hear it at a rave if, pookie, if I went to pookie, those. Pookie, Pookie, Pookie. All right, so Pookie is obviously making a big impression. Four goals, first two games. What other Premier League newcomers have caught your eye, guys? What about, I want to know what you think about Danny Ceballos. Oh boy, wow! I just. I mean, even in the in, in the first week against Newcastle, he only played 25 minutes. You could see in real time how he was adjusting to the speed of the league. I mean, it's a cliche. He turned the ball over like the first, you know, like three of the first five times he touched it. And when he started against Burnley, he just, I mean, it was a man of the match performance. I mean, he's like, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Cazorla. I mean, you know, people are overreacting. They're comparing him to Vieira <laughs> and like all kinds of uh, Arsenal midfielders of the past, but... Essentially, uh, Unai Emery said after the match that before he signed Ceballos, before he came on loan, he told him he wanted him to play like a ten, play the ten, but play it like an eight. And that's essentially hmm. what he is. He's like a perfect hybrid midfielder, and you can see in how he performs why Ozil is not fit for this lineup or why Emery doesn't favor him. Because Sabi- I mean, I know I had to bring Ozil up, but basically, Ceballos has like offensive uh, and technical skill attacking, but he also is like all action, uh, backtracking, um, intercepting balls, tackling, everything. So, I mean, you know, it's two matches and it's against two, you know, lower table teams. I mean, uh, they play Liverpool on Saturday. That's the marquee matchup. But uh, I'm really, really, really excited about him. Actually, I think like he could really be the key to the season. And I really hope if he performs well that somehow – like uh, Kovacic for Chelsea, we can buy him. Yeah, is is it an option to buy? There is no option to buy, okay. but, you know, I don't think there, you know, it's not, not having an option to buy doesn't necessarily preclude your ex, you know, prevent you from buying if you can strike a deal. So, yeah, for sure. And who knows with Zidane? So, uh, Micah, do you have a newcomer, a favorite newcomer? Um, let's see. I really do like, uh, the way that Ndombele has, has been panning out. Uh, first game of the season against Villa, he looked pretty unsettled and was doing a lot, uh, so to speak, uh, in the first half hour or so. But I mean, like the, uh, the tying goal, the beautiful goal placed at the far post, um, which I mean, like, as I understand it, um, is not a regular occurrence from Tangi and Donvalet, uh, based upon people that have watched a lot of Leon soccer. Um, he scored and was just very business like he was just like, all right, well, we leveled it up. Let's go back and get the second goal, like waving everybody back to the halfway line and stuff. Like, I like Donvalet. I think he's going to, uh, I think he's going to be, you know, what Tottenham have sort of been missing a controlling presence in the midfield. 
Miles, are you going to say Mason Mount? What about Leandro <laughs> Trossard, Brighton, Douglas Louise? Um, I mean, I, I would have said Ndombele, but yeah, I mean, of course I'm excited about Mason Mount. Um, I, I like that he has, uh, you know, the positional versatility to play like the number 10 if Lamps wants to do a 4-2-3-1, uh, but he can also play on the wings. Um, what's, what's your Pulisic update? Pulisic update? Uh, he's <laughs> getting adjusted to the league. He's been... Uh, he was bullied a bit in the Super Cup by Liverpool's uh, media defenders, but he played a bit better against um, Leicester. I, I do wish that he did. Uh, he had a chance to start against United in the first week because in the first half especially, that was a really, really open game. So that would have been perfect for a guy who uses his speed like Ballistic does. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about both of them. They still got a lot of... Uh, a lot of improvements to be made, but um, yeah, like them, like uh, Douglas Luiz's goal and his hair. Yeah, Michael, what do you make of Douglas Luiz's white or golden corner? See, the thing is that like you texted me this shit. The thing is, is that like I think that once you are a professional soccer player, pretty much anything goes. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that I would do the the the, the blonde straight backs, <laughs> but uh, I mean. A lot of intention has gone into it. That's yeah. what I'm going to say about that. What was Adama Traore doing yesterday? I mean, he was killing it, but no what was that hair? I have no idea what that haircut was. Like, it's not a mohawk. It's not like a... It's like... Isn't it kind of like a... It's just a It's just a dyed high-top fade, kind of? It's halfway in between, like, uh, Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man <laughs> and, like... Stretch Armstrong from NBA Street Volume 2. I don't know exactly what it, it, he's doing other that's than a, just causing people headaches down the right such a still. Pre- precise micro description. All right, let's move on to our 50 50 ball of the week. It's two weeks into the Premier League season, which means it's the perfect time to talk about the trend of the league this season. <laughs> Overreaction mode, small sample size alert, but. We mentioned Norwich City. Newly promoted teams, Norwich City, Sheffield United. Uh, no thanks to Aston Villa because they haven't gotten a point yet. But uh, they've amassed seven total points after two match days. With the goal differential of minus three, mostly thanks to Aston Villa, compared to last season's newly, newly promoted teams, Wolves, Fulham, and Cardiff City. After two matches, they had a goal differential of minus eight and two total points. You've seen a lot of talk, especially, Michael, you mentioned Norwich going into Anfield and losing 4-1, to one, but playing expansive attacking football. Uh, it seems like the Premier League in general, even from the newly promoted teams up to the top, have all kind of, maybe this is kind of the after effects of the Pep Klopp revolution in that parking the bus and super defensive negative football, even Burnley, Sean Dyche. I mean, I watched them play Arsenal uh, over the weekend, and, and they're still pretty defensive, but they even still are coming forward um, and, and less 10 men behind the ball. Overall, it seems like it's out of style to kind of play that negative Neil Warnock, you know, type of Mark Hughes type of football, and more, you know, people are more taking the lead of these forward-thinking innovators like Pep and Klopp. A part of it is, like, managers are getting younger, like, some of the older guys are, you know, like the Neil Warnocks, the Rafa Benitez's. I mean, we still have Roy Hodgson and Pellegrini, but kind of like if if you were to say like the profile of the modern successful manager now, or at least the, the manager that gets hired, it's like an early 40-something German guy, Spanish guy, Englishman, whatever. But somebody that has kind of a style, a philosophy, and is younger and maybe relates to players better and wants to play attractive football. In addition to that, I think we're seeing it with like, I think a prime example of this is Alexis being shunted out in exile. He might be going to enter from United. These like late 20-something players are no longer the, the prized commodity in the, in the transfer season. And players from Chelsea to Man United, you know, top six all the way down are investing more in youth, younger players, a lot of under 25ers, even teenagers are playing a prominent role for big teams. So overall, I mean, I'm really excited about the first two weeks of the Premier League season. I know it's early, but Micah, do you think that that's like, am I just rambling and bullshitting? Well, I mean, like, I think that what you, what's observable from the first two match days of the season are the fact that teams like Aston Villa and Norwich, like we said already, are playing more open, you know, swashbuckling, daring, attacking football. And sometimes that's not working. I mean, like... 
only again on the open opening game of the season. I mean, Norwich, you you go to Anfield and you play that against a team like Liverpool who will come at you like a buzzsaw, you'll end up being on the uh unfavorable side of those of those results like four one. But I mean like in the second game, going and smacking Newcastle, those are the kinds of teams that you can beat with that kind of wide open play. Aston Villa looked really good for the first, you know, half hour or so against Tottenham and they were kind of unlucky to uh, lose 2-1 at Bournemouth. I feel like, you know, on a different day, that kind of breaks the opposite way. Um, mm. But I guess it's just like, you know, down the line, whether or not you can stick with this kind of... Uh, whether or not you can steal yourself against those, like, big results where you're on the on the losing side of them to continue playing like that and beat the teams that you can beat playing the way that you do. Um, but, because but, I think that that's the way that they're going to end up staying up. Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting too because, like you were saying, you know, a, a coach like a like a Mark Hughes or a Sean Dyche, who's sort of like a dinosaur now in the Premier League. I should have said Mark, Mark Hughes toward the end of Stoke was playing more attacking. Yeah. I, sh- I should have said Allardyce. Oh, oh God, yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Big, Big, Big Sam. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh man, but yeah, like because like let's say um, if you know Burnley got relegated and like Leeds United with Bielsa went up, like you know you've got all these teams even at the bottom half the of the table playing really attractive football. So no, I I, I think you know obviously it's a little early to sort of I think judge what the parity is going to be like this season in the Premier League. Like obviously like even with Sheffield United, like they uh, drew against Bournemouth, they beat Palace, but like. Let's see how they do against like an Everton or a Man United right. or something. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you know, more attractive football is a, a good thing. And who knows, like maybe the day that Sean Dice has Burnley uh, played out the back, I'll, I'll also eat a cleat. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, all these teams are going to get relegated. But <laughs> I think it's funny, though, too, because it's like, you know, we mentioned them, but it's like the mid table now is where there's the sludge and teams. The three oldest managers in the Premier League, you know who they are? Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson, Manuel Pellegrini, and Steve Bruce. And these might be the first three guys to go this year uh, outside of Lamps and Ole. Sorry, guys. But I feel like those three teams are kind of behind the times. Like, they need to hire sort of a more forward. I mean, uh, not to disparage them too much, uh, those managers, but I think it's kind of, they're not innovating, right? I mean, they're not hiring the Daniel Farka from Norwich City or even Hassan Hotel or, you know, some of these guys that come, you know, Daniel Farka was at, what, Dortmund Reserves. I mean, we all know Dortmund's style and lineage. So, I mean, it makes sense that he's brought some of that to Norwich City. So, do we want to make a bottom three prediction? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we already? By the way, yeah, I, have a, I, have a, do that shit. I have a trivia right. question. It's not really a trivia question. It really only pertains to me. But I'm going to ask you guys if you guys know the answer. There are three Premier League managers that are younger than me. Ooh. Can you name them? Lamps? Correct. I No, actually, Mark, I think Marco Silva just beat Correct. you up by Correct. just one year. No, Marco Silva oh, is one oh, okay. of them. Eddie Howe? Eddie Howe. All right. I'm older than Frank Lampert, Eddie Howe, and Marcus Silva. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> the kids say you're washed. <laughs> uh, I read an article in 442. I forgot the author. Sorry. But back back to the point that I was talking about before. Only one player over 26 was bought for more than $10 million in England. Guess who that player was? I'll give, uh, you, a, I'll give you a hint. Yeah, give it. Wait, what? Wait, Maguire's that old? Yeah, Maguire's 27, I believe. Oh. But anyway, there were a ton of players that went for 10 million or more who are like 21, 22, or 23. Uh, Juan Bissaka, Kieran Tierney, Daniel James, Ndombele, Sessegnon, Moise Ken, Yuri Tielemans. Did you guys see, by the way, sidebar, sorry, good off track here, but this whole little talk sport clip that's going around about mispronouncing people's names and how, if you didn't see it, then... No, I, I haven't, well, but they would have a field the, day with the, the us. glee with which English announcers like mispronounce names. Yeah, I just thought of that because I'm fucking terrible at pronouncing names. But also Pepe, Rodri, etc. Yep. So yeah, it all speaks to that larger point of an injection of youth. Premier League teams, this is like my Ryan O'Hanlon voice, Premier League teams are getting smarter. <laughs> but I think they are. And, you know, I think the days of like uh, the Mkhitaryans and like the... 
Sanchez's and and like you know kind of dead weight that has no resale value. I don't think they're over, but also Chelsea has a transfer ban, so that they probably yeah. would have bought some people like that this summer. <laughs> Although um, I I do think it honestly reminds me a little bit of the way the NFL is changing. Like mm. you know the emphasis on like quarterbacks with younger con- like with the uh, the rookie contracts oh, and Kevin trying to Clark like- voice. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just you know the the way of like building your team young and sort of obviously like there's no cap in the Premier League or any of these European leagues but um, yeah like I think you know just having these more modern I guess what you'd call offensive philosophies are sort of taken over and obviously for like casual fans that's just a good thing yeah that's awesome for for fans right to see young not only young players but more expansive football I mean I can't say every single Premier League match that I've watched this season has been great but the boring ones actually were Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah. Micah, do you have anything to add? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Finally, our final segment. The segment that's going to sweep the nation. <laughs> it's called... You hate to see that. All right, let's go with... Who wants to go first? I'll go first. You hate to see that. That was Burnley manager Sean Dyche. Once again crying to the press after a loss, this time talking about the scourge of diving in the Premier League. After a match in which there was very little diving, I watched the entire game. Sean Dyche can't help himself. He does it for the children. He does it for the beautiful game. I don't know what, why he does it. He likes to hear the sound of his own voice. But Sean no, Dyche... No, it's just like it's, it's, it's deflecting. It's, 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 come on, it, this is classic English premiership coach tactic it's just like immediately make the post game about something else other than there was really there was you know it was funny because in the first half there was the the first arsenal goal was a lacazette goal off a corner which was the result of a series a sequence of plays that was kicked off by a handball called against burnley outside the box uh, and then the corner kick that resulted in the goal happened a few minutes later. But right when that handball happened and they showed the replay and it barely touched his hand or maybe it didn't touch his hand at all, I knew that Sean Dyche was going to bring it up. And, he, and of course he did. So Sha- Sean Dyche in Beautiful Game is an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Sean Dyche's cries into the Sky Sports mic or the BBC mic or whatever. You hate to see that. <laughs> all right, Miles. Well, you do hate to see Barca losing in do the you? last minute to a bicycle kick you goal from lo- okay. a 38. Okay, I'm going to let him talk. Let him talk. Wait, let him talk. Is you hate to see that like an I thought it was like <laughs> ironic. I guess I didn't explain this concept. <laughs> Miles Miles only thing against the what was it, a beautiful goal in a critical moment was that the guy who scored it is 38. No, like it's, this is ages like you like, hate to see that like in a anyways, whatever. Every, why would you hate you, to see that? No, cuz you don't actually hate to see that isn't that how the turf's supposed to be anyways you know what guys i just think it's funny that a 38 year old playing his last season scored against barcelona it, it's it's funny to me yeah yeah it's i just think it's <laughs> funny how Aurits Aduriz it steps on to the to the pitch in the 87th minute and scores with a bicycle kick with his first touch of the 88th that how, was some grown man shit how, how accurately do you think you're pronouncing his name I think I'm really butchering it because it's like a Miles, Catalonian can you, name. Can you give it a try? <laughs> Aritz Aduris? No, that was bad. <laughs> is, he tur- is he Turkish? I'm pretty sure it's like, I, th- I think, the, I thought the Z was like pronounced like TH. I th- yeah. I'm sure that I'm fucking it up, but. Ibiza? Hey, listen, I, I just, I just want to let you know that even though I'm butchering your name, you mean a lot to me. Yeah, it was a dumb <laughs> goal. I don't understand the segment because I I don't understand what the kids are saying. Well, the thing these is days. that like you want to say like you 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 say you hate to see that when you actually love to see it. You know. So I yeah I did love to see it. You hate to see that. It's just funny because yeah he's watched he's sort of the nation anymore. All right, uh, we'll go over it after the show. But Micah, do you have it? What's yours? Yes, uh, Gabriel Micah, can you say you hate to see that once for me, please? What? Can no, just- I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. No. Listen, you got the clip already. See, he's not it's on the internet for you. We're gonna play it I'm, a lot. Don't worry. Yo, okay, so go ahead. Can I say my thing? Thank you. Okay, Gabriel Jesus, <laughs> like going up to the refs at, after full time and say and screaming "Vieira shit" while he walks away. It is, you know, not his first run in with VAR. Do you remember? 
And he got that red card during Brazil's Copa America 3-1 final win over Peru at the Marcana, and he walked off the pitch and punched the VAR equipment <laughs> while he was crying. This is like, To be fair, you know, to be fair, it was like a hard push. It really... It, okay, yeah. But anyway, like it's... You know, you really do hate to see it uh, having having that goal called back. It was it was a really pretty finish. I will say that, and it and it felt icky. I definitely was just kind of like, not like this. I don't yeah. I don't want it to go down like this. But it's very few things were as funny on the internet this this weekend as like the Manchester City main account like tweeting out no that that <laughs> giant like placard that just says VAR no goal and no and all caps <laughs> that Jesus uh, replay or whatever from the Copa where he pushed over the VAR machine is kind of funny too because like he storms off he like knocks it over and then like the machine gets saved by people it's, running it's to like, like rescue it I, I kind of wish he broke it as, 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 as a person who will absolutely just be like in in the shower, angrily arguing at somebody that I lost an argument to like four months ago. Like I understand, but like it's also hilarious to to you know, Schadenfreude is a hell of a drug. I'm curious. Back to FIFA real quick. If they're gonna have, are they gonna have VAR in FIFA 20? In the uh, video game? Yeah, they don't even How have handballs in FIFA. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Do you, no. do you get controversial calls in FIFA? I just feel like, you know, you just get some... No, there's definitely... I feel like you just get glitches. Yeah. It's not like... If they introduce VR to... Don't make it any more realistic than it already is. I am yeah, It's like I'm when well 2K aware. does, like, flagrant checks. It's like, we don't need this. <laughs> like, I can't really flagrant someone. Loki, I heard yeah. PES, a.k.a. winning 11, is better than FIFA this year. You hate to see that. All right, let's just... Close with some predictions real quick because Liverpool are playing Arsenal at Anfield. Both teams with six out of six points after two matches. Miles, what's your prediction? Well, I'm going to hate to miss the match, but I'm going to be on vacation, so not really. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, my, I'll say uh, 3-1 Liverpool, but let me know how that goes. <laughs> I will. I'm writing it down. Micah. I was going to say 3-2 Liverpool like in a shootout. Like uh, I don't think that either team is going to feel like they are in control of the game. It's going to be like one of those whoever scores last types deals. I'm going to say 2-1 to one to the Arsenal. I think the Liverpool defense, their new high line can get got. And I think Aubameyang is just on a hot streak like no other. And he's going to score both goals. They do look a little rusty to start the season. That's true. Yeah. All right. Those are our predictions. Hit us on Twitter if we're wrong or if we're right. I'm definitely right. I'm also, I'm also winning the PPP. Micah and Miles, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. I'm off to Greece. <laughs> Miles. I'm going to great, Iceland, actually. Have, have a great vacation. You guys go to Finland and see Pookie's yeah. hometown. Hang out with Pookie's family. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks. Until then. Thanks.